that the first step to world, world, world governance would be something that people would be interested in. But as per usual, the whole thing surrounding this is that this is not a democratic process. This is something that is diametrically opposed to the democratic process, and that's why we're not hearing about it. Now for an update on monkeypox. More than 550 confirmed cases have now been reported to WHO from 30 countries that are not endemic for monkeypox virus. This is an outbreak. Uh, we have 500 cases so far, more than 500 cases. We do expect to see more because uh, people who have been infected in the last few weeks may um, have continued to transmit during a period of time when they didn't know what they had, when they had not had an opportunity to have a diagnosis, when this, had not, uh, this spread had not been detected yet. Anyone can be infected with monkeypox if they have close physical contact with someone else who is infected. The situation is evolving, and we expect that more cases will continue to be found. So we don't really know whether it's uh, too late to contain what uh, we are, WHO and all member states are certainly trying to do. Uh, the, the, this is not about uh, stealing sovereignty from countries. This is about countries coming together to solve problems together. We've seen the climate change, we see with pandemics. There is no national solution to these. We need strong national systems and we need strong national commitments on climate change. We just need strong national commitments and preparedness. But that's not enough. We need to be able to come together at a global level and make the necessary commitments to do the preparedness, to do the prevention, to get ourselves ready and to respond effectively in the next pandemic. That requires a degree of international agreement on how we will behave before and during the next pandemic. And there is no question of any loss of sovereignty or any uh, play by global powers to take over the world. This is not what this is about. This is about finding the necessary level of agreement to protect all of our communities in the future. There is going to be a research and development blueprint um, because what they're doing now, they're working on a treaty of which we will see the first draft on August 1st of this year, which is called the World Health Organization Pandemic Treaty, which, as you said rightfully, um, will be a legally binding treaty for every single, practically every single nation on the earth. So once a new pandemic hits, and those are their words, not mine, uh, we will have a united response to have to deal with the pandemic, meaning that there will be this organization that is not democratically elected, that we didn't vote for, we don't even know exactly who is in it or who we can hold accountable for the things that they will impose on us, is going to basically create laws that will decide how our respective nations are going to respond to a new crisis, a new pandemic. So this is huge news and it's very dangerous, but as just indeed we're not hearing anything about it. with an O, you know the one I mean, is concerned with health, is uh, 
concocting something, and it's called the Pandemic Plan. And uh, it looks very innocuous if you read the blurb about it. Yes, they all want to come together and uh, have a certain strategy that can deal with uh, particular plagues as they come along and all that sort of thing. And um, all the countries of the world, virtually, I think it's 194 countries, are being asked to sign up to this. And of course, what they want to do is streamline everything. They want to centralize everything, put everything in one pot. Of course, the purpose of that, we know, relates very much to the, the centralization that we're going to see happen in the time when Antichrist appears. And of course, as we know, many Antichrists have appeared. And um, each time we see a new Antichrist, we see something more and more insidious, something more and more evil, something more and more subtle. And I thought of it in the form of a pyramid. They seem to be becoming more and more sophisticated. And as this pyramid, as the Antichrists appear, more and more of them, so they become more and more evil. But the, the idea of the triangle is that we're going towards that, that pinnacle, that zenith, when that final man is going to be revealed. And uh, we're starting to see, aren't we, many foreshadowings, many prefigurings. And that's what prophecy does. And sometimes we have to interpret prophecy from that perspective of prefiguring and foreshadowing. Yes, prophecy has its fulfillment in history, and we know that. An example, of course, is the destruction of the temple in AD 70. God is at work, and we can see it in the way things are moving in the world. We can't be blind to those things. We can see the one world government system developing, the one world money system developing. We've got now unprecedented levels of debt, unprecedented um, movements across the world. I mean, we only have to see how things are being rigged politically at the Eurovision Song Contest. And um, of course, it had to be Ukraine, didn't it, that won it? Not because of the song but simply because of the support that that particular organization, the Eurovision organization, could give to, to uh, supporting what they want to push in terms of their virtue signaling. And that's very much how it is, isn't it? Virtue signaling, moving things along you know, the direction of the one world system. Many antichrists, many kingdoms that are ushering in the final kingdom in the pyramid of evil. Man thinks he's bettering himself, but he's actually being readied for destruction. Things are going to become unstoppable. There are certain inevitabilities. I'd like to read a few verses here from Revelation 17. Just consider what it's saying. And there came one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials, and talked with me, saying unto me, Come hither, I will show unto thee the judgment of the great hall that sitteth upon many waters, with whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication, and the inhabitants of the earth made drunk with the wine of her fornication. This is the spiritual force John is talking about here. The woman arrayed in purple. Yes, we see many kingdoms, and we? we've seen all the, the great kingdoms of the world come and go, leading up to the Roman Empire. But now we're starting to see a resurrection, a spiritual resurrection of another kingdom, a mystery kingdom. And what does it say about it? It's committed fornication, cannot be pure. It has to be adulterated with all kinds of filth, all kinds of evil, all kinds of satanic power. And of course it will dress itself up. And again, we know today that it's dressing itself up in, in terms of what the World Economic Forum wants the world to, uh, to follow. Artificial intelligence, transhumanism, I've spoken of these things before. Fornicating with the powers of the enemy, fornicating with the devil. This is how it's working. All these organizations in the world coming together and fornicating. The World Court, the World Health, the United Nations, Council on Foreign Relations, which is 
behind the, uh, the pandemic treaty, all doing the bidding of the Antichrist. And what is happening is these world bodies are starting to come together as one. So it's all moving towards one. The pyramid is moving to the pinnacle. You won't just have the world this and the world that. I believe you're going to just have the world system, that beast system, and that man is going to sit at the top of it. Made drunk with the wine of a fornication. Yes, a drunkenness. What is it like to be drunk when you're out of your senses and you can't think clearly, you can't think straight, your mind is in a brain fog. And this is what's happening to the nations. They've lost their discernment. They've lost their ability to distinguish between good and evil. They call good evil and evil good. Here we see transgender people sitting in libraries, telling stories to five-year-olds dressed up in the most ridiculous outfits. And then you see the teachers, that's the frightening part of it all. The teachers sitting there and allowing the children to imbibe that nonsense, being made drunk with the wine of her fornication. So he carried me away, verse 3, in the spirit into the wilderness. And I saw a woman sitting upon a scarlet beast, a scarlet-colored beast, full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. I won't go into the historical aspect of the seven heads and ten horns, but just enough to say that uh, the woman is, is the culmination of the Jezebelic evil that's falling upon the world. We're seeing it already, aren't we, in the way politics is done, the way that we have to look towards the female gender. And of course, as far as I'm concerned, there is no male or female in Christ. That's true. They're all the same. But God has made us different. God has given us complementary abilities, complementary characteristics. And um, those are being ignored now. One sees it, of course, in, in uh, many sports, swimming and things like that, where uh, these people that claim to change themselves from one sex to another are now winning um, tournaments, which, of course, never happened before. And uh, women are being laid aside. It's a contradiction. There's a contradiction going on. They don't want you to recognize one sex or the other, but at the same time, they're pushing their aspect of what they think we should consider as gender. And there's that, that evil behind it. This is blasphemy to an extent. What is blasphemy? It's the dishonoring of God's power, the dishonoring of God's creation. This is what it is in many respects. Yes, to speak against the Holy Spirit. But remember the Holy Spirit in the Godhead is the creator of the universe. God's Spirit hovered over the waters and God said, let there be light. This was God's Holy Spirit, emphasizing emphasis, emphasis on holy. And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet color and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, all the things of the world, all the things that matter to the wow. world, gold and precious stones and pearls, okay. holding a golden cup in her hand full of abominations and filthiness. What a contradiction. The beauty of God's creation, the gold that you dig from the yeah, earth, the precious metals, the precious things that God has given us to enjoy. Inside that, that cup of, of precious metal, there's abomination, filthiness, lies, fornication, everything that is impure upon her forehead. It's interesting when the Bible puts things in capital letters in the KJV here, it says upon her forehead was a name written, Mystery Babylon, the Great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth, and the mother of harlots. And this is what we're beginning to see, the mother of all things coming to, to fruition, culminating. It'll be the mother of all wars one day at Armageddon. Either. Now we're looking at the mother of all sin, rising up, the devil's last stand, mystery battle. It's a spiritual kingdom of Satan. That's the mystery behind it. 
operating through man's kingdom. And he's been doing that, of course, ever since the fall. All the secret societies, all the organizations holding their esoteric knowledge. Shh, you can't tell. This is something you can only receive if you're one of the initiated. Verse 6, And I saw the woman drunken with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I wondered. Great admiration. Interesting, isn't it? The use of the word admiration. Of course, in the, in the sense that the blood of the saints are the things that make the woman drunk. It's nothing else, is it? It's simply the blood of the saints and the martyrs of Jesus. That's what it is when it comes down to it. And the thought came to mind here in verse 6 that the blood of the saints destabilizes the minds of these people. The minds of Babylon, the mind of Babylon is destabilized by the blood of the saints. That's the power that we have. And that blood, of course, is the righteousness of Christ. We're not shedding our blood only. The blood we're shedding is something that the Lord Jesus is perfecting in us by his righteousness, his garment of salvation within us, doing his work. It's reading on verse 7 to verse 8. And the angel said unto me, Wherefore didst thou marvel? I will tell thee the mystery of the woman and the beast which carries her, which hath the seven heads and ten horns. The beast that thou sawest was, was and is not, and shall ascend out of the bottomless pit and go into the perdition. There's always a clear end. This is what I want to bring out of this verse, is that there's a clear end for the enemy, a clear end for the devil. And they that dwell on the earth shall wonder whose names were not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world, when they behold the beast that was and is not and yet is. So the prophesied end of perdition for those whom God knows are ordained to perish. I'm not a Calvinist, but it's quite clear here. God knows his own. God knows who are his. He knows those that are not written in his book. He knows your name and he knows mine. But he also knows the names of those that are going to end up in the lake of fire. Isn't that wonderful? That's actually an encouragement to know that when God writes your name in his book, it's indelible. Only you can remove it. No one else can remove it. He's given you salvation. And uh, Satan can't take it away from you. No one can take it away from you. But we still have a free will. But God knows even the end of that. So by sticking with him, we know our names are written in that book and that we, we can look forward to that. So verse 9 says, Here is the mind which hath wisdom, the seven heads of seven mountains on which the women sit, the woman sitteth. And there are seven kings, five have fallen, one is, and the other is not yet, has not yet come. It's the important thing. We've seen the, the rise and fall of the empires of the world as, as we've seen before. And it says here, this one that has not yet come, referring to here in verse 10. And when he cometh, he must continue a short space. What is that short space? The 42-month reign of the Antichrist. He must continue a short space. It's interesting. God knows the timings. Of course, if we refer back to Daniel, we know that uh, it's time, two times and a half a time. All things are leading to that culmination. Verse 11. And the beast that was and is not, even he is the eighth and is of the seventh go with it to perdition. See, keep that in mind. That's the encouraging part of this word today. Keep in mind the perdition of the enemy. His end is coming. And in verse 12, and the ten horns which thou sawest, the ten kings, which have received no kingdom, but yet, but receive power as kings, one earth of the beast. You see, this is the rising power in the spiritual realm. And it says here in 13, it's quite, this is quite the key verse. These have one mind and shall give their power and strength unto the beast. 
this is what they're doing at the moment. All these world bodies, all these government leaders giving their power and strength to the beast and the World Economic Forum, maybe it's just a foreshadowing. Maybe it's going to be something the Antichrist is going to use. They're all giving their power to the beast. Klaus Schwab stands up and boasts. All the leaders of the world are mine, he's virtually saying. I've had them run through my school. They're all going to follow my mindset. And this is the spirit of Antichrist. Of course, we know Klaus Schwab has an assistant, Yuval Noah Harari. And these world bodies are all starting to, to come together and grow teeth, big teeth, the teeth of Satan. And uh, they're going to give their power to that one beast. This is what they're doing now. 194 countries want to sign one petition, one treaty. This is all moving, moving, moving in that direction. And it is an unstoppable direction. And that unstoppable direction is the incarnation. The incarnation of the spirit of Satan and the Antichrist. And he stands in that temple and declares himself to be God. The abomination of desolation that Daniel speaks of. So we see this convergence of all the world bodies. And it's the one mind. This is what we need to watch out for. They're all speaking with one mind, one voice. They believe that they're building a better world. Yes, they call it build back better, don't they? But they're, of course, building back, really. They're building back destruction. They're building a kingdom that will never last. It's a house of cards that will fall. It might look strong. It might have... The Bible here talks about beasts, doesn't it? The ugliest things you can imagine, some of them. Roaring and putting their enormous feet on the ground. And wherever they go, they make these vast impressions. Yet God looks down. As it says in the Psalms, he looks down from heaven and laughs. He has them in the vision. He, he knows what, to, what their end is. Let's just keep our eyes peeled, our eyes open. Watch all the, the, the signs of the times. They're here. And uh, men are going to start boasting more and more. Those that whose names are not written in the Lamb's Book of Life are going to also join with these, these leaders of the world and give their minds to them as they give their minds to the Antichrist. But I can hear the sound of the bird song. Inside that is, is the sound of the voice of God. Yes, the beauty of the voice of God in our hearts. And um, as the devil is going to make himself drunk with our blood, so he'll become more and more careless as he meets his end. So we need to be careful. That's what God is saying to us today. We're going to see all these plans coming about. But we know that um, God has destined them for destruction. He's destined us for a kingdom, a millennial kingdom. And then beyond that, something we can't even imagine. A wonderful eternity, but there will be no darkness. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, said the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. He which testifieth these things saith, Surely I come quickly. Amen. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. Ladies and gentlemen, this just in. We'll keep this all secret between you and me and them and everybody. The people that are actually at the tip of the spear, working directly with President Trump on a day-to-day -day basis to save this nation, they're all joining us on the Real Weekend America Tour. We have President Donald J. Trump's chief of staff, Akash Patel. We've got Peter Devon has joined us on the tour. We have General Michael Flynn. We have Eric Trump. The people actually working at the tip of the spear with President Donald J. Trump to save America are joining us on the reawakening of America. Oh. If word of this gets out, 
If the truth about election fraud, medical fraud, religious fraud, monetary fraud, and mainstream media gets out, it may just save the nation. Wow. And the hip hop group, do you know who hired as and Jimmy Levy are? Okay, so they're going to be joining us there. Jim Brewer, the comedian's joining us. It's going to be next level. I'm fired up. Are you fired up? I am fired up, ready to go. Now, people typically, when they go to timetofreeamerica.com to request tickets, they, they fill out the form and request tickets. You might talk to them. And so the questions people ask me all the time are how much are the tickets? Uh, how does the whole process work? Can you walk everybody out there listening right now through the process if they want to request a ticket to attend the Reawaken America tour in Virginia Beach and or Rochester, New York? Well, I, I give them the opportunity. I tell them that the VIPs are the closest seating to the speakers. VIP lanyards, VIP welcome bags, and like Facebook Fear and Mass 2.0, as well as a t-shirt, right? Yep. Okay. We want to fit your budget. So if you give me your best price, and I'll make sure. What's the lowest it. you've sold a ticket for? Just who have a range? Remember this one? Well, All right, Thrive Nation, you've been asking us to come to New York, and after much venue hunting, we have finally found a way to bring the Reawaken America Tour to Rochester, New York. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, we are bringing the Reawaken America Tour to Rochester, New York. And then July 8th and 9th, we're bringing the Reawaken America Tour to Virginia Beach. So far on the Reawaken America Tour, our past featured speakers have included Mel Kay, Dr. Vladimir Zelenko, Dr. Dave Martin, Charlie Kirk, Donna Clement, Stella Emanuel, Owen Schroyer, Alex Jones, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., Karen Kingston, Chad Prather, Praise and Worship Leader Sean Point, Pastor Arthur Pulowski, Seth Holhouse, Dr. Judy Mikevitz, Alan Keyes, Melissa Tate, Pastor Leon Benjamin, Mike Lindell, Eric Trump, Pastor Mark Burns, and Vanderspiel. Dr. Richard Bartlett, Ian Smith, Pastor Dave Scarlett, Gene Ho, Mike Adams, Simone Gold, Scott McKay, Dr. Christiane Nordrup, Amanda Grace, Dr. Mark Sherwood, Anna Kate, Del Bintree, Dr. Sherry Tenpenny, Dr. Andy Wakefield, Dr. Jim Meehan, Lee Dundas, Dr. Eric Naputi, Alfie Oaks, Pastor Todd Coconato, Floyd Brown, Sheriff Richard Mack, election expert Seth Keschel, Pastor Phil Hotzenpiller, Attorney General Kent Paxton, Tarashi Batar, Sam Sorbo, Senator Wendy Rogers, Sheriff Vic Rigolato, and you're going to absolutely love this event. It's going to be August 12th and 13th in Rochester, New York. Now, if you want to reserve your tickets, all you have to do is text the number 918-851-0102. That's 918-851-0102. 0102, or you can request your tickets online at time2freeamerica.com. To request your tickets, just go to time2freeamerica.com. That's time2freeamerica.com. Remember, on the Reawaken America Tour, you can always name your price. We don't want anybody to be unable to attend this event. So if you want to attend the Reawaken America Tour in New York, request your tickets today by going to time2freeamerica.com. And remember, folks, it's the Great Reawakening versus the Great Reset. With all the current issues on our agenda, we tend to forget that we are in the midst of the fourth industrial revolution. It's now 600 uh, highly educated people uh, located around the world, particularly in Geneva, where our headquarters is. So that's the four. This is a very disturbing um, uh, 
progress for many people, for many people, and they just feel overwhelmed, and you develop some kind of a banco mentality. You say, oh, why not my little small world? Um, and this creates a kind of um, a tendency to of egoism, uh, maybe uh, even nationalism, fundamentalism. You want to go back to the old world, and that's, for example, also certainly one of the reasons uh, for um, the success uh, of uh, presidential candidate Trump in the United States, because so many people are afraid to lose the job. Thank you. 